Hello. Welcome. This is Literary Lapping. I'm Amy. And I'm Lara. And we are so excited just to dive straight into this. Yeah. We um, decided for our for Halloween week to do... Um, well, this isn't going to be published on Halloween week. Is it? Is I it thought we that? said we we're going to do it in order. I don't know. We can. Yeah. This it's, might not be... We Our idea was to do this for Halloween week, but in typical fashion for us, it's way too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Now I remember that we decided this. Yeah, so we we record all of our episodes early just to front load things because we don't know when life's going to get out of control and we might have to skip a recording one week and we just want to make sure that we have things for our lovely listeners out yes. there to listen to, so yeah. So this was after... We came up with a theme after our conversation at the end of last week. <sighs> yes. Mm-hmm. Which, if you haven't heard last week, go and listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. So this week, should we just say what the theme is or should we just leave yes. and go into the book? I think we should say what the theme is. Okay. Our theme is Shifter Romances. Yes. That is the genre that we chose this week, which was a challenge. Yeah, definitely was. Mm -hmm. But also kind of fun. Yeah, I didn't pick Twilight. (laughs) I didn't even think about Twilight. I mean, Twilight kind of works. Kind of works. But, hmm. I wasn't able to get to the resale bookstore, so I had to text Laura to make sure I could use Kindle. I did not, because I actually made it to a half price books. I can't believe they closed the one near me. I'm so sad. Uh, this life. I know. This I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that you were able to find one, a good one there, too. I'm uh, guessing it's good. It's so, full good. confession, I found two and prepared two because I couldn't choose one. So, I don't know how I'm going to make you choose one, and I'll save the other one for another time. I mean, if I'm allowed to use Kindle now in, in a jam, I've got a couple that I could probably pull out. Because I saw a couple when I was on Kindle, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know which of these to choose. One of them I chose just because I thought the cover was hilarious. Uh And then the other one I peeled the price tag off and realized the cover was also hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Which I almost want to do first. I don't know. Mm. I think you should just go with whatever your gut tells you. Because I think you go first today, right? I think I do. Yeah, because you're odds, I'm evens. Look at us, so organized. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to choose this this one because it's the other one's a little more complicated and I don't really understand what's happening in this story, so I almost want to read a little <laughs> bit more to figure it out because it's very confusing. Okay. Okay, so my first reading. Yes. Oh, should we introduce the whole concept or oh yeah if you don't have it by now you'll just get it we'll just go let's just yeah yeah this one's really awkward to read but i'm just gonna read it anyways i'll let you know each other long enough (laughs) (laughs) it's just the two of us we're not we're not recording right now (laughs) (laughs) this meeting is being recorded okay (laughs) do do i need to click (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm going Her body shivers under me like aspens do in late fall. Whoa. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I I don't think you should feel so bad because I got worse words on mine. (laughs) (laughs) With my mouth and teeth, I nip and suckle at her skin, sinking lower and lower until I feel her pulse 
under me like the warm blood of a fresh kill. (laughs) Something is rising in my blood, something old and terrible and wonderful and very, very untamed. I reach for the drawer of my nightstand while I still have the wits to do it. You're panting, she says, watching me fumble with the damn condom. What? Breathing fast, wheezing even. Do you need help? (laughs) Just maybe don't watch so closely. If that's what you need, she says, and she turns away, raising her hips and her perfect ass in the air. And oh my God, I can't feel my brain. I lunge. You, the way that you said that, I was just like, you can't feel your brain, Laura? <laughs> it's all run together. There are no spaces in this. So I figured I'd yeah, sound no, urgent, that, that I guess. Awesome. Well read. The <laughs> only thing that stops me from taking the cord of her neck in my teeth is the thick waterfall of black hair. I lay across her back, gasping. I know, this This goes from, like, sexy to I want to kill her, like, back it, and it's forth. It's just this really... Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. Thea watches me over her shoulder, watches me pull back from the spot where shoulder and neck join. She forces her hip tighter against me until I'm positioned at her entrance, my body shivering. Do what you need to, Elijah, she whispers, her head to the side. Trust me to take care of myself. Silly human doesn't know what she's talking about. But then with a gentle sweep of her hand, she sends her hair tumbling to one side, leaving exactly the spot I'd been looking at completely exposed. My wild takes hold and I strike. She startles like even our females do sometimes, then stills the muscle of her shoulder tightening under my teeth. I growl softly against her skin to reassure her. (laughs) Her head cocks slightly to the side. She seems to be considering what she feels. There is no safe word between us. If she tells me to stop, I will stop. However much I don't want to, I will stop. Then she relaxes against my teeth and all I can do is hold on, keeping her in that tight balance between pleasure and pain. She shudders as my fingers explore, making sure she's ready for me. And then big and heavy and hard, near breaking, I take her. (laughs) Shattered, I watch Thea fall asleep, watch her kick off the blankets in this overheated apartment, leaving just a corner of the sheet covering her waist. On her side, her legs drawn up, revealing the seam of her body, which seems so inexcusably strong and terrifyingly vulnerable. Is that what love is for humans? Is that where it lives? At the juncture of strength and vulnerability? Wolves don't think that way. We join strength to strength. We have no room for weakness. (laughs) Yeah, he he murders humans on a regular basis. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's, that was intense. That was like, like I said, like back and forth between like, I want to suck her blood. Like when I, that was one of the first scenes that I read when I was actually flipping through the book. Uh I didn't know if I wanted to, that was one of the first scenes that I read when I was flipping through the book, trying to decide if I wanted to buy it. And I was really confused because it says wolf in the title, but I thought maybe it was a vampire book. I thought so, too. I was like, I guess vampires are shifters. They go bat, and they, like, shift. Yeah. Which is a great TV show. If you haven't watched What We Do in the Shadows. Anyways, that's a sidebar. Sidebar. All right. Sidebar. I took that from What We Do in the Shadows, so <laughs> I don't want to get called out for plagiarism. Oh. All right, the back of the book says, can a human truly make room in her heart for the wild? Of course. Thea Villalobos has long since given up trying to be what others expect of her. So in Elijah Sorensen, she can see through the man of the world, the man who is passionate to the point of heartbreak, but something inside him is dying. Elijah Sorensen has all kinds of outward success. Bespoke suits, designer New York City apartment, women clamoring for his attention. Except Elijah despises the human life he's forced to endure. He's the alpha of his generation of the great North Pack, and the wolf inside him will no longer be restrained. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, my goodness. This book is called A Wolf Apart. It's by Maria Vale. 
Okay. And the cover is a black and white cover mm -hmm. with a man's naked torso. Of but course. the blue eyes of a wolf uh -huh. are basically kind of at his armpits. <laughs> What's in the he, middle of his chest there? That's hair. Oh, that's I, hair. He, that's the hair of the wolf. The he has the fur. Yeah, I guess that's the start of the wolf's snout is kind of his sternum. Okay. But they stopped it enough so that we could see he has a six pack yes there's no yeah. hair on his six pack no, no there's fur there is fur on a six pack just, just a little bit and but, there's the blue eyes on the back too oh yes yes mm -hmm. oh beautiful yes so um this is by maria vale mm-hmm and the little blurb about her, there wasn't a lot more online either. Just says that she's a logophile and a bibliovore and a worrier about the world. Trained as a medievalist, mm -hmm. she tries to shoehorn the language of Beowulf into things that don't really need it. She currently lives in New York with her husband, two sons, and a long line of dead plants. No one will let her have a pet. <laughs> I thought that was clever. <laughs> I get you about the dead plants, girl. <laughs> Not me. I have a green thumb. I know. So, for your, what is it? Your bridal shower you sent us home with those little succulents? Mm-hmm. I killed them. Oh. I think a lot of people killed those. I think that was actually a baby shower. I, um, baby shower you sent us a lot them. of people killed them and they asked me how do I keep this alive and they texted me a photo but I had to send them a text back that said well it's already dead <laughs> <laughs> you should have asked me probably three weeks ago <laughs> can't help oh, oh. <sighs> so is this okay I have to ask is this self-published or is it out of a publishing house Paranormal Romance. Well, wait, maybe that's just the... Mm -hmm. It's not self-published. Okay. Source Books Casablanca. Got it. Shall I read the next one? <laughs> yeah, the look on your face, you're like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in between two. Okay, I'll choose this one. All right. On the floor of the passenger seat, I set my shoes with the socks carefully tucked into each. I draped my jacket across the back of the passenger seat with the cuff links and the tie inside the pockets, shirt glowing brightly over the top. Then I fold my pants on top of my shoes. My boxer briefs come last, lying on top of my pants. The cold is a relief to my naked body. The shivering has nothing to do with the cold and everything to do with my fear that I will stretch out my wrists and nothing will happen. What happens if my wolf has been so poisoned that he can no longer struggle up? What is the point of living if all you are is human? Sitting on the cold, damp ground, I awkwardly hold out my wrists in front of me. Nothing happens. I press harder, pushing toward the dark hills, waiting for the faint buzzing electricity of my wild to take over. I look back to the road in case someone comes. I try again. In the dim light, all I can see are my manicured and clean hands with their masculine, but not bestial smattering of hair. Why is he describing himself like this? <laughs> because he's so into not being human. He has yeah. to look at the differences, maybe? My manicured and clean hands. My wild has to be all right, doesn't he? The universe can't be that pathetic. It couldn't allow the holiest thing about me to die with no more warning than a dream about French cuffs, could it? I try again and again. I try different things, twisting my shoulders and tightening my haunches, but nothing sp lights the spark. In the back of my mind, I keep worrying that the human who mowed this land in the autumn will come back and find me sitting naked on the damp ground and ask what I'm doing. Yoga, I suppose. The moon's path hovers over the prickly heights of the pine trees on the ridge above me and shines down expectantly. Well, she asks. Well, what? I'm trying as hard as I can. 
But suppose a human comes and sees me mid-change, what then? Strangely enough, the moon speaks to me with Grand Seigeberg's impatient voice. Why do you worry so much about humans, she says in that same snappish tone. They're like black fly. An irritation whose season the earth will survive, must survive. You are something else. You are wild. The wild and the earth are intertwined, one and eternal. This time I lay myself belly down, stretching out my arms and legs so that more of my skin touches the damp ground so my face is buried, buried in it, so that the cool breeze caresses my back and shoulders, so that my fingers can dig in the muck, so that I can feel the heartbeat throbbing deep in the soil. My consciousness grows beyond the me of this poor form, and I am bombarded by the smell of moldering autumn cuttings, the scrabbling of small claws on rough bark, and my fingers reach deep into the cold where life patiently waits to begin again. Wow. So this is the moon yelling at him. Yes. Like God, and him, like, pretending to swim face down on the earth. <laughs> Could you imagine coming up to some naked guy that's like, I want to be a wolf? What are you doing? Yoga. Yoga? That's not how you do it, dude. That's not how you do it. I wish my hands were hairier. I like that he had to talk about each item of clothing as he takes it off. And where it goes. Yeah. But maybe... Is that a sign of his control issues? I know we're not a literary analysis podcast, but, you know. I wonder if it's a sign of... It's supposed to be, like, how much he's... Um, humanized. Because he had that dream. It talked about him having a dream about French cuffs. I just flipped back. Yeah. And he's like thinking about his clothes so much so maybe this is like him shedding that maybe that outer layer just to be a werewolf one with the earth yes the great north pack Uh he's the alpha of the great north pack needing to find his luna yeah know so many things about werewolves now yeah, who knew? Mm-hmm. The Omegas are the underlings, the slaves. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I mean, you just got to do what the Alpha tells you to do. Yes. But they mate for life. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. Yes. yes. So I mean, to look at you and go, mate. And then it's done. <laughs> because they can smell it. <laughs> I just looked at them. I smelled them. It's like, well, mate. And then that's it. Yep. I mean, that's, that's normal. I know. It's, it's what we would all want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't go, that person's psycho. Not no. at all. Not if they smell good. No. Next time you go on your first date, go up to them, smell them, and then look them straight in the eye and go, mate. I, I support this message. Yeah, I, I'm sure it goes very well. Or not mate. I mean, depending on the smell. Yeah, you might go, mm, no. No, not mate. Not mate. All right, random page. Welcome, you land sick health wanderer. Hmm. That's the quote at the beginning. Okay. How is it that after years of wanting nothing more than to come home, I have that unscratchable itch to leave? But I can't, not until loose ends are knit up. Like Sarah and Adam, the loosest of the loose ends. For three moons, they have stayed close to home pond, Thin and uncommunicative, they seem to have lost the will to hunt. Textbook lupine depression. Textbook. Textbook. Colonel, That's lupine psychology 101. 
for those vets that specialize, no, whispers, wolf whispers, not the squirrel whispers, the wolf whispers. I don't know if you could call them wolf vets. I don't know if they would want to be vets. They're just wolf doctors. They're specialized lupine doctors. Lupine doctors. <laughs> lupine specialists. Curled in the roots of an old white cedar not far from the water, Sarah licks her paw, not bothering to lift her head, while Celia appears with a fresh raccoon. Adam sniffs once, but he takes his cues from his mate's lack of interest and quickly puts his head back down. I disagree with Celia. Feeding them is pointless. They don't need nutrition. They need purpose. They need to hunt again to be a part of something. I think Adam might do it, but not without Sarah. She has to remember the way her heart beats when the warm scent of prey hits the back of her throat. She has to remember the way her lungs expand when the earth talks to her. She has to remember the tingling of her skin when she races through the cold air of the homelands. Celia nudges the still warm raccoon closer with her nose, but Sarah just keeps pricking at her paws with her teeth, refusing to notice her worried mate. The offering of her echelon, the slowly quickening land. Me. Pick, pick, pick. By God, she will notice me. I bite her. My jaws tightening on her withers until she yelps in pain. With my jaws clenched around the loose skin and fur, I lift. She is light and I am strong, and even if she doesn't want to, she will stand. She wobbles uncertainly. Then I lean forward over her, my chest at her muzzle, my jaw resting on the top of her head. The snarl reverberates through my body and surrounds her. Stand up, Sarah. Stand the fuck up. A wolf might be wounded, exhausted beyond bearing, but they will still respond to the hardwired debt of obedience that they owe their alpha. Sarah's legs begin to tighten. I do it again and again and again, getting fiercer each time, harrying her until she stumbles away and moves. Wow. That's crazy. I'm guessing he's a wolf at this point because... Yeah, he, he, he swam in the dirt long enough. He turned into a wolf. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Just a human. So then they go hunting bears after that, apparently, oh. from just skimming the next paragraph. Oh, that's good. She's been depressed. He's going to take her bear hunting. Typical wolf. Anti-depression. <laughs> I'm glad we both got there together. <laughs> so it's not a, so we should, correct, that's not a lupine doctor. It's a lupineologist, like a lupine psychologist. Yes. <laughs> Psychiatrist. What, what do we call the squirrel one? The squirrel was It was a squirrel doctor. Squirrel doctor. Yeah, it was a squirrel yeah. doctor. Yeah. But those would be a full-on veterinarian. I mean, if they're half human, could they be a vet? They could be their own vet. It could be. <laughs> Hold on. A specialized <laughs> lupine doctor vet. He went to medical school as a doctor, and then he went back and he went to veterinarian school just to make sure that all sides of <laughs> taken care of yes mm -hmm. that would take a really long time worth it in the end yeah but they have extended lives so it's okay all right you have 339 pages to choose from 339 yeah what okay. are you gonna do with all those pages there's a lot in there let's go 290 290 for the ladies. All for the spoilers. Let's see what's, ha what's happening near the end. <laughs> okay. Um, with a quick bow of my head, I rub my muzzle against Silver's thin head, marking her, making her my responsibility, and sprint away. The pack does not have doors with knobs. The pack has doors with levers, so no matter what form we find ourselves in, we will not be trapped inside. That's smart. Mm -hmm. I never really thought about that. Outside, the pack has dispersed. They're all out running or hunting, except for two wolves that Evie has set to guard the boathouse. They ignore me. Clearly, their concern is the human with the gun. The overcast sky is opened up, and retreating edges of the clouds is silvered by moonlight as it draws back a curtain from a screen of a million stars. It's like what will happen in the homeland soon. The snow and ice will retreat like a curtain from the screen of Trillium and Spring Beauty and Leatherwood and Bloodroot and Virios and Warblers and Kinglets and Golden Eyes and Greaves. 
peepers. None of it is exotic or rare, but it is as much a part of me as my blood and bone. There is a reason that exiles always end up dead in a pile in a puddle of blood and vomit or both. I guess you can't have a pile of blood and vomit. I mean, you could. I guess you could, depending on the, the texture. <laughs> we hope you're not eating breakfast at this point. <laughs> Because this is my home. I know that the best place to look for deer after the rain is the hemlock grove overshadowed by huge white pines. The soil is acid, so nothing much grows from the thick carpet of needles. It is less chaotic here and more peaceful. And deer huddle here for protection when the rain is fierce and hardwoods are bare. Or when they are old and sick and done. An old bull bedded down during the storm is still struggling to get up when I come upon him. It is a good death and he does not suffer. So they're out hunting deer. I guess he is. He kind of went all over the place. Yeah. It's about the pack, and then it's about hunting deer, and there's a guy with a shotgun. There's something good, because I couldn't see the look on your face. So you're just like, no. Okay, okay, let me just read this little part. Okay. <laughs> so he, he basically comes back from hunting the deer and gorging on it. Yeah. As soon as I open the door, the chair turns around. Thea is dwarfed in this high back seat meant to accommodate a pack doctor, which made me snicker a little bit because we were just talking about that. They're called pack doctors for those who missed it. <laughs> her mouth is open like she was going to say something, but whatever it is freezes on her lips. She looks away from me and my muzzle filled with dripping fresh organ meat. The deer liver drops to the floor with a squelchy plop. I don't try to disguise it because nothing I do now is going to make me seem like feasible boyfriend material. Silver's nose twitches and her eyes flutter open. Then Tiberius pushes it closer and she lunges at it, beyond caring that the pups are complaining. Elijah? I stop without facing her so she will know that I hear her, but she won't have to look at the bloody gobs on my fur. I am trying, she says. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm trying, and here you are running around in the woods eating deer liver. Come on. <laughs> Get I'm it together. I'm in the chair of the pack doctor. Do you not know what that means? I feel like one of my cats is hiding in here because I keep hearing something. I'm sitting in my closet recording this, and I keep hearing something from the corner that I can't see. Anyways. I don't allow my cat and because she hates when I'm on speakerphone and will attack me. So... Oh. So it's a no for her. That's a very interesting book. Like, like all of the parts, they weren't, like, uh, other than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> the cover. Uh, I mean, sorry, she just showed me this cover again. <laughs> um, at the cover, it's just there's so much to try and take in on that one. Yeah. There's a lot on the one that I didn't read, too. I'll save that for another week. Yeah. Okay. Let me get my iPad up so I can type in my password. Let me get past this cover. What were you going to say? Other than the first scene? There wasn't, didn't seem to be too much, like, sex in the book. It seems to be a lot more about his sex, his discovery. No, there is. There's a lot in there. There was, but some of it was a little bit graphic, and I was kind of uncomfortable with how much he wanted to, like, bite her jugular. (laughs) (laughs) It it just made me feel that, I mean, that's just not my style. (laughs) So, I was a little uncomfortable. I mean, if that's your style, whomever may be listening to this, I'm not judging. I just didn't want to read it out loud. (laughs) Okay. So you went with, like, the tamest sex scene you can? No, I went with, like, a middling one. Okay. Are you trying to find a tame one, or are you just going over the jugular scenes right now? No. I'm just looking at, through some of the scenes because she's, like, using her clinical skills to help the wolves. I, I was just... So is she, like, a doctor? I guess. I don't know. I mean, she's not a... Pack, what was it? A pack doctor? No, she's not. I I don't know what she is. Was it a pack doctor or something else? 
No, I've she's already gotten not. through a lot of my beer and it's like 12.5%. So sorry. It's, it's Pack Doctor. Pack, it is Pack Doctor. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Go for it. A couple years ago, she had tried to pawn off the coin, the dragon's talon, her father had called it. It was certainly old, at least a hundred years or more. But because of the huge slash across the front, it was worthless, except to be melted down, and she didn't have the heart to destroy such a precious keepsake, even if others deemed it valueless. She took a breath, then assessed her options. Keep walking and possibly die of starvation because this road actually leads to nowhere, or hole up in her car and hope the Texas desert chill didn't get her first. Choices, choices. Marion was about to turn to head back to Freddy when a snarl suddenly jolted her attention. Fords don't snarl. To her dismay, her car hadn't suddenly learned to talk. Instead, she was face to face with a pack of at least a dozen coyotes, all mangy and flea-bitten and much bigger than the coyotes she'd seen on television when she was younger. Her dad had always told her things were just bigger in Texas, but the parts of Texas... <laughs> But the parts of Texas she'd lived in had never had coyotes. Shoo, get out of here, Marianne shouted, waving her arms. But the coyotes didn't back away. In fact, they were advancing in a wide semicircle, fangs bared and blocking her escape to the safety of her car. Marion looked around for a stick and grabbed the biggest one she could reach. But the stick, though it would have made a perfect spit for roasting marshmallows, was entirely unfrightening to the rabid-looking pack and they got closer. Since when were coyotes supposed to attack humans? Then again, they looked hungry enough, and she was sure as hell stranded enough to make an easy meal for them. Marianne gulped. Of course it had to be coyotes. She could see the end of her rope literally skittering off the edge of a cliff, ready to send her falling to the earth. The closest coyote snapped, and Marianne backed up, her heel hitting a rock and sending her falling to her butt on the dusty ground. This was it. Suddenly, a gunshot pierced the air, and Marion looked up to locate the source of the disturbance. Get out of here, you damn varmints! A powerful, masculine voice, even more commanding than the gunshot, called out. What? <laughs> Immediately, the coyotes scattered, barking and hollering in dismay as they disappeared behind shrubs and rocks in haphazard fashion. Marion looked up, and her heart throbbed in her chest like an engine about to explode. Her gaze was met by two eyes so blue they put the noonday sky to shame. Oh the my gosh. They... Oh my gosh. What a description. Yeah. The person they belonged to was pure male, rippling muscle from head to toe, with a face as beautiful as an angel and a body built for sinning. <laughs> what? That one line. Oh gosh. <laughs> Swallowed and spit and coughed. <laughs> do I need to uh, reread that line, sentence, whole sentence for you? Please do. Please do. <clears throat> the person they belonged to was pure male, rippling muscle from head to toe, with a face as beautiful as an angel and a body built for sitting. <laughs> she could see his perfect carved jaw tense as he looked down at her arched brows furrowed, appraising her closely. Even his nose was straight, and he, and he had long lashes that only further framed the intense blue of his irises. But as she looked him over, Marion knew she was in trouble. From the top of his stetson to the gentle click of his spurs and everything in between, especially his partially open shirt that revealed a powerful chest and just a, and just a hint of rippling abs. Oh my gosh, how far down is this shirt unbuttoned? <laughs> He's only buttoned three of the buttons. <laughs> oh, that's like the three button ones. You're like, this goes perfect with my spurs. Maybe he was getting dressed and he was halfway through buttoning up when he heard the coyotes. Maybe. With Maybe. a marshmallow stick. But I didn't finish that sentence. There was more to that oh, sentence. Sorry. So. Oh, more. Oh, more. Please keep describing him. Okay. We're just going to go back to that sentence again in case anybody forgot. From the top of the Stetson to the gentle click of his spurs. <laughs> and 
everything in between, especially his partially open shirt that revealed a powerful chest and just a hint of rippling abs. Only one thing was for sure about him. This man was all cowboy. It <laughs> <laughs> went somewhere I was not expecting. Oh my God. No wonder people think Texans are so weird. They read these books. And there was nothing more she hated in this world than cowboys. Oh, not even coyotes? No, coyotes, they could just scatter, but cowboys. They don't scatter. They do they not hurt. scatter. <laughs> not at all. So, just to be a brat, what kind of shifter do you think this book is about? Oh my gosh. It's not vampires. Not vampires. It's shifting from cowboys to, is this one a wolf? This isn't a wolf. It's not a wolf. I can tell you right away it's not a wolf. Is it a badger? (laughs) (laughs) It is not hot and badgered. I'm sorry. (laughs) A bear? But I did see one where it was a porcupine shifter that fell in love with a ferret shifter. (laughs) Sounds so sweet and weird. Um... (laughs) Hmm. Oh, now I can't use Mountain it. lion? He has no. blue eyes. Okay. Well, okay. So, it's a dragon shifter? Oh, she was fingering that dragon necklace. Yeah. You oh, know what? There was probably somebody that was yelling at you, Laura, it's a dragon! <laughs> it's a dragon! It's a dragon! No wonder the coyotes were scared. The dragon's coming after them. I know. Okay. Go. All right, so this is the description. Marion West has nothing left to her name but her car, which is currently broken down, an old coin in her pocket, and the legend of a man named Harrison, who she's currently looking for. But instead of finding the last person that can help her, she gets a pack of hungry coyotes instead. By either good luck, good or bad luck, She's rescued by a tall, gorgeous stranger with eyes bluer than a Texas sky. He's dominant and commanding and everything Marion hates about cowboys. He's also irresistible and her only hope. Harrison didn't expect to find the curvy, stubborn human woman so interesting. After saving her from coyotes and more, the experienced cowboy boss of Dragon Claw Ranch knows He owes Marianne for a favor her father did for him a long time ago. But his dragon says, mate, every time he looks at her. And even though he's going to help the determined woman. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just saw your face. (laughs) Mate. Mate. And even though he's going to help the determined woman, it will be difficult to keep the monster inside him from wanting to make her his own. As Marion and Harrison grow closer, unexpected kisses leap quickly to scorching nights beneath the full Texas moon. Danger and secrets lurk around every corner, but anything that threatens a Texas dragon's mate will quickly learn that everything is bigger in Texas, even a dragon's love. A Texas dragon? Okay. It's okay. Okay. All right, so... I'm tracking this. Wait, wait. So this book is called... Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. It's not letting me go straight to the cover. Sorry. It's called Cowboy Dragon. What? What what should we call this book? What's it about? It's about a dragon that's a cowboy? Uh, Uh... I got a name. Cowboy Dragon. It's it's part of a series, okay? Yeah, I did there. Yeah. It's also <laughs> this is part of the Texas Dragon series by Terry Bullrider. Basically Texas Rangers. No, there's a Dragon Ranger. <laughs> That's book two. Stop. <laughs> I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> um okay so the cover uh, show me this cover (laughs) i have to describe it to you first 
Yes. <laughs> there is a man <laughs> with only his <laughs> bottom three buttons buttoned up. So you can I knew it. Most <laughs> of his chest. He's looking down with a brown um, old Stetson cowboy hat on. It looks mm-hmm. actually like a really cute cowboy hat. Is there a hint of a six pack? Yeah, there, there's definitely a hint of a six-pack <laughs> and a farmer's tan because he's a little bit sunburned. So, with that, too. Um, and the button shirt, it's all jean. It's a jean button-down. It's not okay. pressed, though. So, I yeah, kind of, you know, if he's the owner of the ranch, I was hoping he'd at least wear pearl snacks there. I mean, but he is a dragon, so he likes to take his time with buttons. Yes. That's what I like to think about a dragon's personality. Okay. So half of it, it's kind of like the sun's coming through a little bit, but in the background, there's a big dragon flying in the sky over, you know, the ranch land, like that classic Texas ranch land where there's just some grass all brown because it's Texas. And at the bottom, there's the dragon scales coming up. Wow. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can you see it okay? Yeah. Yeah. You just got that pretty good. Thank you. Let me see if I can actually, I want to make it dimmer, but oh well. If I just go like that. It's okay. I can see him. He looks sad. Oh, there is that little dragon in the background. Yeah. I want to make it dimmer for you. It's okay, you don't have to. But you need to get the full experience of the book, Laura. <laughs> okay. It, um, so I can actually just send you a, a link to it, and then you can really... Yes, that's fine. Okay. So um, this book is by Tully, Terry Bullrider, and her about the author says... Terry is the author of over 60 best-selling shifter romances. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if you look her up, you will see so many pictures of different things. Lots of male chests. Lots of male chests, as to be expected. But, yeah. Um... She spends her spare time dreaming of dragons, playing with her pets, and watching sunsets from her home in the mountains alongside her husband, who she she suspects would make a great bear shifter. She loves the wild... (laughs) Your face right now. Why? I did not get into the bear shifter novels, but maybe he's cuddly? What would your significant other shift to? Let's just ask this, Amy. This is going to get me in trouble. You know he listens to our podcast. <laughs> yes, so this gets me an extra point with him, and I'm sure. <laughs> your significant other. I, I'm trying to think. He would not be a bear. <laughs> no. <laughs> he would not be a bear. He would not be a bear either. Mine I would not picture him as a wolf, I guess. But, like, there are so many things now. Like, there is a basilisk. There's a wolf, a dragon. You what is a basilisk? Like, the little lizard things? Like a big, no, like a snake. A snake? No, no, no. He's not a snake. There's also um, out a, a tiger, mm, no. a wolf. I, I think a wolf, because I feel like wolves are very wise, and he has a lot of wisdom, but he can also be aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to remember to tell him I said this. He does not listen to this. Maybe he, he should listen to this. He loves dogs, so I think he would love to be a wolf because he would just be like, I could just run and play with the dogs all day, all the other wolves, and run around, and we'd have so much fun. I feel like wolves are a good normal thing 
Yeah. Like if you were like, he's a badger. He's definitely a badger. That would be really odd. Yeah. Or a ferret. Or I mean, like a jokingly, I'd be like, I guess we would both be sloths because we like to sleep so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's both of you. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd be sloths. <laughs> We're we're part of that sloth shifter romance novel. <laughs> we slowly reach for each other, and two pages later, we're still reaching. <laughs> the longest sex scene ever. Oh Do you need help with that condo? Anyways. Oh, so I didn't even finish her about me. She loves her. <laughs> okay, so she loves the wild outdoors, her fans, all readers, and getting lost in a great book. And then she has a newsletter. So if anybody is interested in her books, um, you can find the link to her newsletter on Amazon. <laughs> I'm still thinking about sloth sex. <laughs> My abs for the past two days, and I really hurt. <laughs> I was just wondering about what was in her newsletter. She had pictures of her husband dressed up like a bear. How do you think that that should be a request now? Like, can you? <laughs> if this is your first podcast that you're listening to from us. What our usual <laughs> podcasts are like. Yes. <laughs> but there's, I mean, okay, so she also has one that's called Bear Billionaire. <laughs> bear Billionaire. Bear Billionaire. <laughs> bear Billionaire. I can't even see it, and I'm trying to say it. <laughs> there's a lot of bear books in here. So, oh, but I saw a picture of her. She looks like the sweetest person ever, like somebody we would Aww. go have coffee with, and then we would just talk about her books. Yeah. I want to know more about these bears, but okay. So, okay. so I need to go back reading. to these other parts. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So, like you, I got into these sex scenes, and I just couldn't do it. Like, <laughs> I just couldn't, like, the idea of saying the C word on a podcast, just, oh, yeah, yeah, like, I was just like, you, if you have somebody that you love that doesn't know how to find certain parts of your body, just give them this book, (laughs) because she talks about it. Wow. Yes. Good for her. Yes. Educating the masses. Mm Mm-hmm. And if this is dragon sex, I don't know what bear sex would be like. Very furry. <laughs> this one, it just scales it back a little bit. <laughs> I saw what you did there, and I appreciate it. Thank you. I had to cover my own face and be like, well, this is why I got the strong beer tonight, because I knew. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> As you drink some more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. So, do you want, well, there's, okay. I'm just going to go to this one because I, okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I I would have started like a couple of paragraphs up, but I couldn't say that CL word. (laughs) So, Yeah. Okay. She pulled her jeans on, hooked her bra, then last her t-shirt, going to the window to try to locate the direction the sound was coming from. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. It was louder than a helicopter, but a rhythmic beating more like giant wings than the whir of metallic blades. She looked into the sky, but only only saw twinkling stars and a few scattered clouds. She watched as dust started to kick up in the middle of the courtyard, like something was definitely getting closer. But try as she might, all she could see was darkness and nothing else. 
Suddenly, there was one final heavy sound as air pushed all around her, blasting her hair backward from the force of the gust. Then a heavy pounding thud that shook the entire ranch, like a tractor trailer had just been dropped from the sky. Then, where there had only been a slight blur where she tried to look at the center of the courtyard, she suddenly saw something that defied all semblance of logic. Like a veil had suddenly been pulled away from it, there stood in the center of the ranch, a giant four-legged monster with huge talons and a long tail and a huge head. It was gray and brown, covered in rocky scales that glittered like granite, and it had enormous horns and razor-sharp spikes going all the way down its back. A dragon, if such things existed, which they certainly did not. Was this just some crazy post-orgasm dream? She pinched herself. <laughs> what? <laughs> You've never wondered that? <laughs> I don't know that I've had any post-orgasm dreams. I think I just sleep really well. Yeah. Okay. Maybe she does. That's when you turn into a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> she pinched herself. Nope, not a dream. The gigantic dragon listed to one side, and Marion feared it would trip and knock out the whole barn, which the creature made look small by comparison if it fell over. Thankfully, it righted itself, stumbling a bit before opening its mouth and letting out a loud belch. Since when do dragons do that? What was going on? Was she going insane? Had the Texas heat and, fe and fevered lovemaking truly broken her brain? She was about to either scream, pass out, laugh hysterically, or all three, when quick footsteps behind her preceded Harrison's sudden appearance at her side. He looked down at her with worry, then out at it whatever it was in the courtyard. But instead of mirroring her shock and surprise, his brows lowered and he opened the window wider and leaned out. Beck, get your ass in the common room now. Marion wow. did which was more surprising. <laughs> the fact that she was looking at a dragon or the fact that Harrison had called it Beck. Gray silver silvered eyes drifted in her in Harrison's direction. And for a moment, she wondered if it was possibly so. And before she could wonder any further, the dragon disappeared in a cloud of shimmering dust, leaving a wobbly, quite drunk-looking Beck standing in the middle of the ranch. Okay, boss, he called up, saluting haphazardly. Then he took a step forward and fell flat on his face. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Drunk dragons don't fly drunk. I at first that it was going to be a guy that she just had sex with, and I was going to be like, that's kind of a gross description, that he's just flying around mm -hmm. burping after sex. Yeah. So, I'm glad it wasn't him. No. I guess he had the whole passel of those dragons on his ranch. On his ranch. <laughs> I like when it was, I like when they use little words to make you realize that it's, it's country. It's yeah. Texas country. Get in the common room. And then just, she'll write out get, like G-I-T. Get in there. Wow. Mm -hmm. Gives you that country feeling. The varmints. Yes. I don't know if I've ever said varmint. I've said critter, which I think is a pretty, like. You mean a serious conversation or when you're making fun of someone? Um, I think whenever it's like, oh, what's out there? It's just, you know, just a bunch of critters are around. Wow. I don't think I've ever said critter like that. Like there's, I don't think you say it like consciously. Like there's, I don't think it, and then I've said it a lot of times sarcastically. Because when you leave Texas and people know you're the only Texan, sometimes you just ham it up a little bit. Oh, bless her soul and hold my pearls. And, you know. I mean, this guy, he's, he's all cowboys, so he's far more Texan than I, I could ever he be. He is not all cowboy. He is half dragon. But he wears spurs. <laughs> Barely. Oh, no, that's a shirt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Random part. Oh, wait, you pick a random part. 
Oh, I pick a random part. We don't even know our own format here. We definitely should go over it at the beginning. I mean, I feel like the random part is going to be... Really, so I'm going to start at the, the top of the book, because now I have to scroll. And then I'm just going to give it a big scroll and put my finger down and hope it's not some really involved sex scene. Yeah. Okay. You can... you. I will let you scroll again if that happens. I mean, it, it's very detailed, so... It deserves some sort of kudos. Okay. Okay. Well, this is a safe passage, so we can we can proceed. 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 Okay. okay. He kicked a stone with his fancy boot, the only thing that was still fancy on him. At the end of the day, he shed his fringe and leather and wore just a simple white top with aged denim pants and a Stetson that was older than the, tract than the tractor in the barn. Harrison looked over at Clancy, his deep green eyes having the tendency to nearly glow in the dark when he was curious or excited. After all, I don't expect you ever thought the dragon's talon was going to come back, did you? No, I didn't. He could still feel the coin in his pocket, the coin that signified a promise made, a life saved, a debt owed, a coin that bore the mark of an immortal dragon slashed across one side. You never told me what happened to it all those years ago. I guess I know now, Clancy said. She smelled familiar from the moment I saw her, Harrison replied. Think she stole it from someone, Beck asked. You know, I don't abide thieves or liars in our crew. If I had any doubts, I would have sent her packing. Though in his heart, Harrison had a sneaking suspicion that was easier said than done. Everything about her was complicated. Off to the side, masked in shadows, Dallas sat on an old barrel, whittling a piece of wood down with a knife. Though Dallas was always invited to their meetings, he often never spoke a single word. So that day when you came back looking like shit, what happened? Clancy asked, only the sound of his boots scraping the dirt and a thousand crickets audible at the moment. Biggest storm of the century, took out the whole east bank of the river, Beck murmured. Yeah, unlucky for me. I just happened to be there when it happened. Becky, Beck and Clancy went silent, right after the fight with the, yeah, same day. Harrison glanced over at the guest house again, wondering if he saw movement in the window. But maybe his eyes were playing tricks on him. I probably would have made it out, but, the, but with the flood and my strength gone, I'm frankly glad that Cowpoke pulled me from the river. Might have drowned if not for that. West, that had been his name, Frank West. Wow. Mm -hmm. I will say that she knows how to build a world. So I guess she has to. 60 novels in. Mm -hmm. And there's actually links in her book at the end to like her world, her world building and the different areas that they're there, I guess, and the different clans of shifters. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like when I was looking for a book, that's what I found most interesting about this genre is that there are distinct clans and the writers and the readers know them very well. Yes. Yes. They're like obsessed with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like very interesting. Yes. It's probably it's why Twilight took off was because it tapped into like this little known well, I don't know if it's necessarily shifters or Twilight, because I would think Twilight's slightly different. Well, I feel like they kind of tap into the same thing of, like, maintenance eternal, like Twilight. Mm -hmm. Twilight was a little bit different than that. I never actually read the books or saw any of the movies, so. Oh. But I, I think, think it, so. like, taps into, like, people are like, oh, finally, we've gotten something sort of close to, like, what we like. Maybe, yeah. But I feel like the vampire people would be different than the shifter people. Yeah. But there's a werewolf in it, right? Jason? There is a werewolf, but it's, it's centered more about the vampires. We are going to get an email. Somebody who knows about this very involved. Your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> He just, he just, like, sits me down and is like, all right, so let me tell you let about vampires and shifters. <laughs> there are these clans. 
very distinct clans, Amy. <laughs> it's very distinct. When you we belong to the sloth clan. <laughs> <sighs> All right. <laughs> the sloth sisters are hard to find. You never know the difference. They're always just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> That's high news, you. <laughs> How many pages are there? Okay. There are, with the epilogue or without the epilogue? With? With the epilogue, there are 166 pages. Let's do 128. Okay. Oh, wow. You got like the climax right here, but not, not a literal climax. Don't worry. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> That's the wrong choice of words with these books. <laughs> Different climax. Because yeah. all they care about is the climax. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> she needed space, time to think. More words would just set them both off further. Heavy boots on moist ground followed her. Where are you going? The man had the audacity to sound worried about her moments after practically throwing everything they had in the dumpster. Wherever I want. She turned on him one more time, stopping him in his tracks. Because whether you believe it or not, you aren't the boss of me. You may be the boss of this ranch, but you don't get to say what I do or where I go. His lips flattened, thankfully, not trying her any further on that. For now, I'm going to my room. He seemed fascinated by that, and she left him standing in the courtyard as she got to her room and shut the door behind her. It was almost foreign being in here since every night since the first night she'd been spending her free time with Harrison and sleeping in his room. She let out a harsh sigh and slumped on, onto her bed, somewhere between anger and tears and despondence. Damn cowboys. Would they go back and forth like this until everything finally exploded? She loved the man, and she knew in her heart he loved her, but this back and forth was exhausting. After, and after so many years of being the only one to care about her own welfare, Marion wasn't going to throw, wasn't going to go throwing her independence away just because Harrison was having a fit of anxiety over hell knew what. Maybe some space was really what she needed. She looked over at the picture of her father on the nightstand. Maybe it was time she finally learned her lesson about cowboys. And then all of a sudden, like, we just go into, don't let your sons become cows. <laughs> what was that Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. No wonder she hates them. Yeah. Daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah. That's human psychology. That is not dragon psychology. Or lupine, either. As an expert or lupine. lupine, I would like to acknowledge that. Or a bear or a sloth. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. Wow. These books were fun. These were fun. <laughs> Lots of fun. But I do want to read this little from the terms used in the legend of all wolves. They actually have a definition for shifter. Oh, oh they do? Okay. Shifters are not bound by the iron moon, and since humans are dominant, shifters, shifters see no advantage in turning into something as vulnerable as a wolf. Unfortunately, they have adopted many of humans' less desirable traits while retaining the strength and stronger senses of a wolf changer, the worst of both worlds for a pack. It doesn't illuminate anything. <laughs> I thought it was really profound. Yeah, see what she says there. Okay. While you look through it, I'm going to go grab some water. Okay. Well, this is just seems to be a reading guide for her books. That's it. Okay. Well, let's cut this. Click, 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 click. We did just Wikipedia search what shifters are, but I'm kind of afraid of what the internet will tell us. 
Yeah, I, I think we should just go with what we think shifters are, and people can think what they think shifters are, and I'll just imagine you as a sloth. <laughs> I'm not going to stop and thinking that. Uh, wait, what I would you sloth. shift into? I don't know. Not a sloth. Not a wolf. Not You're a dragon. Not a bear. I know exactly what I wouldn't be. <laughs> Maybe I'd be a cat. Okay. Cats also sleep a lot, but they're kind of mean unexpectedly. What are you trying to say, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Yes. Thank you guys for listening to our special sister edition. Um, please Find us on social medias. We're on Instagram at the literary laughing. And you can always email us at literarylaughing at gmail.com with your favorite sister novels um, or excerpts or just who you think you are as a shifter. Yes. Yeah. And why? And why? Please tell us why. Because we would love to read and discuss your shifter choices as your shifters, your shifterologists. <laughs> shifter doctors. <laughs> shifter doctors. <laughs> I mean, if you're a werewolf, were you a lupine doctors? Or you it probably should be lupin. And I probably made so many people so mad. Oh, wow. You just opened up this other part of my brain. Lupin. Lupine. Lupin. Lupin. Lupine. That's your Southern accent. I was, you know, I was just so in cowboy dragon mode. (laughs) I was just drawing out everything. I was just trying trying to use that Texas draw that you hide all the rest of the time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Lupin doctors. Yes. Find us, email us, and read a book. Yes. Go read a book and share it with somebody. Ding. Ding. <laughs> Bye.